So we received um, similar questions on the fourth precept. The first question is, Dear Long Paul, sometimes I will accidentally lie. Only after saying it, then I know it is not the truth. Usually it happens when the other party is angry. May I know how I can resolve this? Thank you. The second question is, Good evening, Long Paul. Is white lie prohibited even when it was spoken to reduce other suffering, such as anxiety? How should one skillfully refrain from speaking untruth and idle talk when they serve as social lubricant in many situations? Thank you, Long Paul. So sometimes uh, when speaking, we don't have the intention to lie. So this is about sila. So we'll talk about sila virtue first. So sila dhamma, this quality of virtue. But if we don't have the intention, then it's not going against that. It's like we don't have the intention to harm anyone, or we don't have the intention to lie. Rather, our intention is to reduce someone's anger, maybe to reduce their suffering. And that's not going against sila or virtue. So it's a good intention. So we establish our intention well. And the Buddha said that intention is sila itself. So we establish this quality well, and it's not going against virtue then. And as for the uh, other question, that sometimes we're with people in society and so we kind of speak with them. So we can try to kind of uh, establish this quality at periods, trying to speak a little. And we have the intention, you can set the intention to speak less than we normally would. So we don't speak too much. Because if we do, then the mind will become restless, become scattered. And what we want, what we're after, is peace. And if we speak excessively, then we're lacking in mindfulness. Then when we come to meditate, the mind will be all restless. So if that's the case, then we've probably been speaking too much. So we should get it to a state where it's just right and it's not excessive. The next question comes from an on-site retreatant, Lakshmi Govind from Bangalore. Dear Ajahn Anand and the Maha Sangha, I am bringing hearty greetings and warm wishes on behalf of the Mahabodhi Society, Bangalore, India. My question is, though practicing Maha Satipatthana, the mind rushes forward to chatter when it comes into contact with people. Kindly show the right method on how to look into the mind mindfully. Thank you. So I give my Anamodana as well. Rejoice in the goodness of you traveling uh, a long way from Bangalore in India. So the developing of the Satipatthanas, these foundations of mindfulness. So we watch over the mind. And when the mind thinks and goes out, then we know that. When greed or hatred or delusion are present in the mind, then we know that. And this is the building of mindfulness. 
So it's not that we don't think about anything at all. When we're able to develop samadhi, then there's stillness, but that stillness doesn't last forever. When the mind receives a sensory impression, then it will think and proliferate following that. And sometimes it gives rise to liking and sometimes disliking. And we know that the mind is in that state, know that the mind is attracted or averse. And whatever it starts creating, whatever it starts proliferating, then we know that as well. So we are aware that these thoughts and these creations of the mind, they're not me. And we teach our minds that these are not sure things, that they're changing and unconstant, and this is the way of practice. So it's not the case that when we're practicing, we don't have any thoughts whatsoever. When we're training in samadhi, or when we just have this mindfulness there, knowing the mind, we see that it's of the nature to be this way. And then when we can see that, the mind has wisdom and it won't attach to these thoughts. The fourth question is from an on-site retreatant, Boon from Malaysia. Venerable Longpo Anand, the mind likes to think of the past and the future. Why is it so difficult for the mind to focus in the present moment? Thank you. So initially, it's the nature of our minds to be this way because this is what they're used to. And our mindfulness, it's not yet very good. So we could give an example that say we have a material thing, an object, which is quite heavy, maybe 30 kilograms. And if the strength that we have is not much, then we won't be able to lift that. If an object is five kilograms, then an adult will be able to pick that up, but a young child won't be able to. And that's because their energy is not much. So we can look at it in two different ways. One way is that the object is heavy, and the other is that we don't have enough energy. So if the mind is going off thinking about the past or the future, that shows that uh, the energy of our mindfulness is little. So we need to train then, and knowing these thoughts, these proliferations for what they are as they happen, and then bringing the mind back to Buddha. So if it thinks to the future, we bring it back. If it thinks to the past, we bring it back. And as we do that, the mindfulness grows, and these thoughts steadily reduce. And then occasionally we'll be able to experience some peace. But this process, it does take time. We have to forbear and endure in order to be able to meet with success. But it's also not too difficult for us to achieve in this life. And so try to do it. The next question is from an on-site retreatant who wishes to stay anonymous. Dear Long Paul, 
May I know how I can find joy in my livelihood? Should I change my job? I don't know what I want to do in my career. Call back up. So you can see that now you do have work, but there's dissatisfaction in the work that you have. There's no happiness there. But if you didn't have a job, then you wouldn't have an income, and then the suffering that you would get would be even more. And say that these days, the people who are jobless uh, are many, and the number is growing. And so you can contemplate, well, if you changed your work to something new, would you have the same suffering that you had before? Perhaps you need to change your own thoughts and your own views first in order to find contentment and satisfaction in what you have already. Because, and think that you're doing this job for the purpose of sustaining your life and you will do it with mindfulness. And that is work that's even more important because this external work, it's finding money in order to look after the body. But that which is lacking is mindfulness. So you need to establish uh, the mind and be aware of it. And to know that uh, this is the nature of things, that it's what normally happens if someone works a job for a while, then they won't be satisfied with that. So you should look and investigate, but well, what is it that that lack of happiness is coming from? If there's no satisfaction in your work, then this could be a wrong thought that you have. So you should try to train your mind so that it has peace. But if you did change your occupation to something that you enjoyed and the money that you gained from that was less, but in that work you're able to have more mindfulness, you're able to have more happiness, then this is something that you need to uh, contemplate again. The next question comes from an on-site retreatant, Rebecca from Singapore. Dear Long Paul, I feel a very strong sense of self and would like to know how I can practice to reduce it. I constantly feel like I need external validation from others and worry about how others think of me. I catch such thoughts often and occasionally manage to direct my attention away. Is there more I can do so that I get less caught up in my self-consciousness? Thank you for your kindness, Long Paul. So this is a normal worldly condition, these loka dhammas. So having a high sense of self, a lot of self. And this is something that really all people have. They've got a lot of this sense of self. And so this conceit, it can come about in different ways. So uh, perhaps we are kind of higher than others and we uh, think that we are really higher than them. 
or maybe we think that we are equal or we think that we are lower. And all of this is atta, all of this is self. So we can contemplate that if we didn't have breath, then would we need to die as well? If we think that we are superior, we think that we're better, is that able to stop us from dying? Or would other people die but we wouldn't? We see that we have to die as well. So if we contemplate in this way, then this can reduce the conceit that we have. We can consider ourselves as, or be like a, uh, a foot-wiping cloth that it doesn't um, mind if kind of people use it in various ways. Or like the earth, this earth, if someone pours hot water onto it, if they pour unclean things or clean things onto it, it just stays still and indifferent. It doesn't shake. So we try to make our minds like that as well. That if people slander us, gossip about us, then the mind doesn't shake. So we need to contemplate this and this attachment to the praise of others. Because if we don't receive that praise, then we will suffer. So we contemplate how when we die, that we can't take anything with us. And this should be able to lessen the conceit that we have. We think about our death and that when we die, there's absolutely nothing left. And in that state of death, that we're all equal to one another. The last question for today comes from an on-site retreatant, Shirley from Malaysia. Dear Long Paul, I am asking this question on behalf of a friend. His father has been suffering from night terrors or bad nightmares. As a son, how can he or should he support his father? Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So, should train your mind to have metta, loving kindness, and also to be established in virtue. So to have this composure, restraint over the body and the speech and the heart well. And, and so if one is... Uh, having nightmares or bad dreams, they can chant the Abhaya Purita. It starts with Yang Du Nimitang. And also to develop metta as well, cultivate this quality of loving kindness. And if one does that, then one will sleep, fall asleep with happiness, sleep well, and then awaken in a bright and fresh state. So you should train to chant and to develop this metta frequently and then the heart will be in a joyful state. Also try not to think thoughts of ill will, thoughts of harming others and try to only uh, receive or read news that is good. It's the kind of news that brings benefits to your own heart.